Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm still Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter, and we're still with Dan Webster. And uh, we are talking about, uh, we just left in the story where Dan just left, uh, from a career move perspective, a bonehead idea to move out of one of the largest, the largest uh, youth ministries in the country. He was a youth minister, and on paper, he's at the pinnacle of his career. And what's the logical thing to do? Stay there. Well, no, in our <laughs> eyes is, but what's God say? Leave. Leave. And we're going to talk more about that. So, so yeah, there were there were other boneheaded people ahead of me that had made similar <laughs> decisions. One of the one of the books that was incredibly impactful to me uh, when I was right in the middle of this uh, and trying to sort out if I was going to stay at Willow Creek or if it was time for me to leave was a book by a famous Catholic mystic priest named Henry Nouwen, who's passed away now. And uh, Henry taught in the theology schools of Yale, Notre Dame, and Harvard, pretty heady places. And in his little book that he wrote called In the Name of Jesus, it's a message that he gives to define what he thinks Christian leadership should look like in this Mm -hmm. millennium. So in that book, he says that after 20 plus years in academia, he woke up one day and he found himself in a very dark place. And he said, I went and I told my friends that, and my friend said, Henry, all of your classes are full. When you go on a lecture, uh, tour, the places are packed, and your books are selling like crazy. What do you mean you're in a very dark place? And Henry said that wasn't very helpful. <laughs> so he said, I literally, I turned to Jesus, and I spent time in quiet, and I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, I felt like the voice of God said to me, Henry, leave the relevance of academia and go be the priest of a group of mentally handicapped people, and I will heal you there. And when I read that that uh, paragraph, tears running down my cheeks, and I thought, me too, Henry, I'm in, I can't stay here. And so as much as, uh, and as great as Willow Creek is, for me, the right decision at that point was to try to find a place that was smaller, where I wasn't known, and where I could rethink who I was and try to do some work of the heart to recover myself. And so that's what I did. You know, we moved and uh, went to a different place, and it wasn't too much longer after that that God, uh, a buddy said, I, I was starting to dream about authentic leadership, my little nonprofit. And a friend of mine said, hey, before you do that, uh, it would probably be good for you to go to the mountain and meet with Yoda to confirm that that's what God wants you to do. And I said, well, what mountain and who's Yoda? So he said, "Uh, Big Bear, California, and Yoda's a man named Tom Patterson. Well, I went to Southern California and I spent a day and a half with uh, one of the two sages I've ever been with, um, Tom Patterson, and he uh, had created this process called life planning. He was a world-renowned business strategist consultant, very close friends with uh, Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker said he's the finest process strategic thinker that's ever been born. And I spent a day and a half with Tom, and he walked me through uh, the technology that helped me get clear on who I was and what was the life that God was calling me to live. And I got confirmation from the Spirit of God during that time that authentic leadership was the next right step, even though it was a huge faith step. And uh, about uh, you know, three months after I did my life plan with Tom, I get a phone call from him and he said, hey, Peter Drucker told me that you're not getting any younger, you better get your disciples in line. And so Dan, I would like to invite you and four other people to my home in Palm Springs and I wanna hand off the life plan process to you. So I went and I spent a week with Tom and was absolutely floored as he explained the architecture of the brain, the way the brain processes data to breakthrough, and explained to me each piece of the life planning process, which I do. I kind of call it now a personal leadership summit that I'll do with a a guy or a man and his wife 
um, to help them get their arms around who they are. And that was that was transformational. As transformational as it was for me to bump into Bill Hybels when I was doing youth ministry and the mentor that Bill became to me and how much I learned about ministry from Bill, as influential Tom Patterson was at Midlife, he was kind of the next guy. Bill was, Bill was one of my mentors concerning the work of the work. Tom Patterson was a mentor concerning the work of the soul, the work of the heart. And so I had the, mm-hmm. this, these incredible bookend gifts. And as a result of that now, for the last 20 years, I do uh, – one of the micro things I do is I work with individual guys who get stuck. And uh, most, of the, most of the people who come and spend a day and a half go through you know, uh, the money and the time and all that it takes to do that. Uh, most of them are facing some kind of a vocational confusion or ambiguity. Many there have I've had a lot of guys come who have thought that God was calling them out of the marketplace into ministry. I've had guys who have come and who have been in ministry and felt like God was calling them to leave ministry and go into the marketplace. And there's been a huge diversity. Uh, I mean, I've I've done uh, intensive work with everyone from college presidents to psychiatrists to youth pastors to company vice presidents to just all sorts of different individuals that are, that have been all over the globe. But most of them come when they when uh, uh, the vast majority come when the pain of of entering a process is less than the pain of continuing life as it is right now. Mm. And most of the time we are taught because life gets so uncomfortable and we face so much turmoil that then our heart opens. So for me, when you know when I left Willow, one of the things that I understand now was that, uh, it takes an incredible amount of hu- humility. I talk about how uh, men who are actively pursuing both the work of the work and the work of the heart, the things that are true about them is that they're humble because humility creates space, pride fills space. Mm-hmm. And so if God is going to try to do something new inside of a person, if you're not humble, you shut down, you close yourself off to new learning to the voice of God. But if there's humility, there's space inside of you for the voices of others, for something new to be birthed. There's, if you're humble, there's space around you for the gifts and the talents and the lessons that other people have, uh, have to teach you. And then the second thing is honesty, is that if I'm honest, I, I'm, I put the truth of my life on the table and I look at it and I try to assess it and then you know, there is this uh, devotion that I think men who are becoming more mature, they're committed to personal wholeness. They look what Jesus said in the last verse of Matthew 5, I want you to be mature as my heavenly Father is mature. And so they say, listen, I'm going to live each day humble. I'm going to have room inside of me for the voice of my wife, the voice of my kids, the voice of God. If God wanted to do something new, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to shut down. I'm going to put the truth on the table. I'm going to look at it courageously. And I'm going to draw a line on the sand. I'm going to take a step across, and I'm going to say, I'm going to grow the heck up. God, what do you want to do in me? If truth is knocking on my forehead and is pointing out some necessary area of personal growth, I am not going to blame or pretend. I'm going to become curious and embrace it, and I'm going to metabolize that truth into my character, and I'm going to become a more spiritually formed man. Why don't you get a little shallow? <laughs> I was going to say, let me know when you want to start getting deep, and we'll really get interesting. It'll get interesting. Well, this is where change happens, man. I mean, I you mean, know, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about change theory. And the, the, but that, but Dan, that was the that was the catalyst of God healing you and 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 restoring you, and really then. Um, launching a whole new yeah. ministry, whole different work I would have never seen. 
that was a huge grace. But if I had if I had not been willing to become uh, I mean, this sounds weird, but if I was not willing to lay down my identity and my notoriety at Willow Creek and to become nobody, you know, just to go and to be in Holland, Michigan, and then to allow God to birth something new inside of me, I would never have experienced this. But it was, but that sense, when you become humble and honest like that, it's stinking terrifying. It's very frightening, and thankfully, I had some people around me to say, you know, you're doing the right thing, and we can see things are happening in you. And so, you know, this the second half work for me really is about helping leaders figure out. It's helping people discern what is the life that God wants me to live, both above and below the waterline, and then how do I live that? Okay, so a, a guy comes to you, and he's he's stuck. What, what what do you what do you tell him? Well, uh, I'll give you an illustration. Okay. My co-author, uh, one of my truly best friends, Randy Gravitt. Uh, Randy was the executive pastor of a large church south of Atlanta, about a thirty-five hundred member church. When I met him, he and his senior pastor, great senior pastor, a number of years ago, they invited me down. I did some work with Randy, and as I talked with Randy, I realized that he could do the executive pastor thing in his sleep. Uh, he loved his senior pastor, he loved the team that he had built, he loved the church, but he was dying inside. And he felt stuck because he didn't know, what, what could I do? I know I don't want to do what I'm doing right now for an extended period of time. And so what usually happens is that Randy and I had a series of conversations over a number of years. Because I would say to him, Randy, I know you're not leaving God if you, depart, if you change roles. And he said, well, you know, I have four daughters that are we're looking at uh, getting into college, and I just can't jump. I can't be irresponsible. So over a period of years, as I would meet with him and talk with him, we would sit in his driveway, and he'd be hitting these tipping points where I just don't know if I can keep doing this. He felt completely stuck. Mm. And the first thing I did is I gave him a safe space to just be honest and transparent about what he was really feeling. And that was a huge thing. And I nudged him into, Randy, you've got to give yourself room to, uh, to introspect. You know, we inspect everything. I mean, if you're, if you're a lawyer, you inspect legal documents. If you sell a house, you inspect a contract. We inspect, you know, people coming into the country. If you get on an airplane, they inspect you. Well, part of uh, being fruitful in life is figuring out how do I create rhythms as a man to do healthy introspection? How do I constantly stay attentive to what's going on inside of me? And I needed, I needed to help Randy, encourage him, listen, Randy, you gotta listen to your life. You gotta listen to what's going on inside of you. You gotta listen to what's going on around you. And so you've gotta create some space to slow down. So he came up and did a personal leadership summit with me. And it was obvious during that time that he needed to leave ministry to fulfill the work that God had for him. Mm. And uh, we'll t we can talk a little bit more about that. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. That's we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. But we are going to have a bonus segment. And uh, we're going to have another three hours with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're going to have one more segment on the radio. But if you're listening, you want to hear the bonus segment, you got to go to our podcast, which is on Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, or you can go to furtherstoneministry.org and click on the mic, and you just uh, go hear those commercial free. But we're going to post this show and the bonus segment on Monday morning on our Facebook page. So uh, we hope you uh, can stick with us for this final segment. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and 
unfortunately, final segment for this uh, hour of our show for this week. Uh, we are a show for men by men, talking about things from a man's perspective. And we're talking today with Dan Webster, who's the author of the book Unstuck. And we're talking about how men get stuck and how can we get unstuck. <laughs> so, Dan, what, what are ways that guys, us guys get stuck that you've addressed over the years? Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, there, I think there are external, internal, you know, areas where guys get stuck in. I think some guys get stuck in a in a vocation that uh, initially was fulfilling, and either they have changed or the work has changed, and they're eight, ten, twelve years into it, and they don't know what to do. They're afraid to jump. They're afraid to retool themselves. You can you can get stuck vocationally. You can get stuck uh, vocationally if you begin with a, a good boss and then all of a sudden there's a shift in the boss. There's a lot of things that can cause a person to become stuck vocationally. I think other things that happen is men can get stuck in, uh, in inner world issues. They can get stuck in patterns of thinking or they can live in patterns of guilt or they can get stuck in hiding and they don't, they, they don't experience the freedom of what transparency and healing can bring. I think there's. I think guys can get stuck in relationships because they uh, sometimes guys can get stuck in dating relationships, and because they may get a physical payoff in the relationship, but emotionally they don't feel connected. Mm. There's all sorts of different ways that that uh, men can get stuck. You can get you can get stuck in a really good job because you like the paycheck, but you hate the work, and you don't want to go through the angst of what it is to chase down something that really gives you life. So there, there's lots of different ways, but the very first step once you get unstuck is to enter this thing called introspection, where you become curious about your own story, mm. where you spend time and you think about what is going on in my life, why, and you identify what Randy and I call sacred questions. Sacred questions are questions that if I could answer these things, I could get to the bottom and they would enable me to have a breakthrough to move ahead. Uh, one of the principles that we teach in uh, one of the constructs that we teach in the book, Randy and I do in Unstuck, is we talk about how um, we go through six phases in life, and kind of above the waterline are the first three phases, and then usually we hit a stop sign, and then below the waterline there are three additional phases. So if you think kind of like a kind of like a pie slices, and you think a horizontal line, you begin in the excitement phase when we're young and we're all, we figured out, you know, what are the gifts, the talents, I have an opportunity, I have energy to start a career, and so you jump in and you begin your career. And then before a very short period of time, you end up realizing there are a lot of things I don't know in my vocation professionally, so you enter the fundamentals phase where it's really about preparation to be able to make your contribution. So you do everything you can to learn there, and then after a period of time when you become somewhat competent, in your skills, you begin to master your craft, then you make a contribution, that's the third phase. Mm. And really that's your life, your talent, showing up and, and uh, con making a contribution to the world. And then I'm absolutely stunned at how many people hit a stop sign. And life stop signs reveal that we are stuck somewhere, and life stop signs are all about getting our attention. Mm -hmm. And so whenever a person feels stuck inside internally or externally, it's important to slow down and to ask myself, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this. I'm not going to ignore this stop sign. I'm, I am going to welcome the work of the heart, the work of the soul. I'm going to welcome, I'm going to become curious about what's going on inside of me. 
Now, at that point, the great temptation for a man is when you begin to wake up to the fact, okay, something is shifting inside of me. There are areas of growth that God's calling me to that are more than just professional expertise. What I'm probably going to do is I'm going to want, many men will say, rather than enter the journey of true maturity to become a whole man inside and out, they run back to the excitement phase and they get a new job. And they kind of, uh, they postpone the inner journey. So what I talk about is what a gift the stop sign can be. And the next phase, the three phases beneath the waterline are misery, renewal, and wisdom. And misery is a good thing because it awakens us to life is not how God wants it to be. Things are either wrong externally or internally, and I have to surface sacred questions to try to figure out what's going on in my life. What happened to me? What's gone on at work? What's going on? Have I made a mistake? Have I all these different things that humility and honesty allow? This is what C.S. Lewis is talking about when when difficult pain, suffering, trials, they're they're a blessing. They're oh, good. they're a great teacher. That's what the Bible would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Count it all joy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. God uh, whispers to us in the good times, yells at us in the bad times. Yes. I think. And uh, there are all sorts of biblical characters. I, I mean, King David created a great uh, habit in his life. In Psalm 26, you talk about a guy who introspected. He he says, "Lord, I have walked, I have walked in my integrity, and I've trusted in the Lord without wavering." And then in verse two, he invites God. He says, "God, examine me, O Lord. Try me. Test my mind and my heart." So he completely invites mm. God to look through him, to see him. And then he says, for your loving kindness is before my eyes. The only way that King David could be completely transparent before God was under the umbrella of, of, of God's love for him, is that God knew him, God loves him. And David said, listen, if I get any bad news, if I come and I'm completely transparent before God and he looks through me as he tests my mind and my heart, if he puts his finger on anything, he's not doing it out of hate, he's doing it out of, for my good. Any, any reproof that comes is gonna be for my good. And then David goes on and says, I don't sit with deceitful men, I don't go with pretenders. It's like he has these filters he goes through. You know, I hate the assembly of evildoers, I won't sit with the wicked. So it's like he goes through, how am I doing? I can deceive myself, I can pretend, how am I doing? So he goes through this process of introspecting and he reminds himself that he loves the habitation of the house of God and he loves the glory of God and then at the end, where at the beginning of, of Psalm 26, he says, I have walked in my integrity. At the end of introspection and a time of quiet, he says, but as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. He mm. steps back up. And then verse 12 says, my foot stands on a level place. So introspection is a serious look inside, an evaluation, a curiosity, identifying sacred questions. And then at the end, if we do it right, our foot stands in a more stable place. There's a there's a result, a work that happens, a greater stability, both inside and externally. That's, that's good stuff. So, so as you're helping guys through this, you... you There's you, process. The, this, is, it, this takes time. It does. It takes, and, and you know, uh, initially it, it may not look fruitful. Initially it may feel like, ah, I'm looking at my belly button. But really, there is a technology, there is a process that men can go through to look at their lives holistically and to listen to their lives, to listen to the patterns of their life, which is what we did, you know, a few a couple months back. And you take a look at multiple pieces, you know, the this is the technology that Tom's created, and you can get to clarity. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about perspective and how to get to clarity in your life to know what the next thing is, and you know, in the in the bonus segment. In the bonus segment. And, and so, okay, so Dan, just in, in just kind of wrap up, you okay. you mentioned humility 
are, is absolutely critical and honesty. Yeah. How, just real quickly, how do we grow in those two areas? Well, they're hard choices. I think humility, I think A, humility is, uh, you know, stop trying to fix everything, answer everything. You know, learn what it is to be quiet and to listen, uh, to create space inside of you. Rather than to defend yourself, to protect, to make all sorts of excuses, just shut up a little bit and, and allow and listen to what's going on. And secondly, I think, you know, when it comes to honesty, uh, I try to find, if I can find a brother, a man who is humble and who is honest, there is room in his heart for me and my troubles. And honesty, because he's transparent in his struggles, there's a, he creates a safe place around him where I can talk honestly. And so it's, you know, doing your own work and sitting down and working through a process or meeting with somebody, but to find an individual where you can, can honestly assess your own life and not make excuses and to look at what's good and what's bad. Because most of the time we think introspection only reveals, you know, what's bad. There are a lot of wonderful things. David said, I have mm-hmm. walked in my integrity. I feel great. I, I, I can deceive myself. So Lord, look through me and I'm going to have these patterns, but I think I'm in a good place, and he gives God an opportunity. And so as men, to have those kinds of relationships where we are transparent, where we are honest, and where we cheer each other in that direction, I think is it's huge. Wow. Mm, that is rich stuff. And I, I just marvel at how God uses, and how God used you in, in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of you, know, you transitioning. You, you, you wrote Finding Your Way, uh, a book, and right. then uh, the new, your new book coming out right now is finding, unf- finding your way is for people above the waterline that are trying to figure out what is the work that has my name on it. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. It's a great process. And then unstuck is all about people who reach those stuck points. Whether you're in the excitement, the fundamentals, the contribution, you're at a stop sign, you're in misery, the renewal thing, or wherever. How you apply the the, the formula of renewing yourself, Unstuck talks all about that. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in the break, but Good. we need to wrap up. Would you pray for us yeah, guys that we would be men yeah. who would yeah. be humble and honest? Father, right now, there are men in cars, men sitting at their desks, men sitting in their homes, and uh, uh, this whole conversation has made them uncomfortable. Father, uh, would you, as David said, your loving kindness is before my eyes, would you remind them that your love surrounds them and that wherever they are, your love uh, covers you know, their uh, faults and their fears. And Father, we pray that uh, every man would have the courage to create room inside him and would be humble enough to hear your voice and to uh, be willing to grow. And Father, thank you that you work within us to willing to work for your good pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today in Jesus' name, amen. 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 And we thank you for listening. We want to thank Carol Rogers, Carpet One, Vision First, LNN Credit Union, and Bright Star Home Care for sponsoring our show. We want to thank you listeners for listening. And uh, if you caught just a snapshot of this and you say, man, I want to hear a lot, whole lot more of this, we're going to have a bonus segment and you can hear this whole show in its entirety. Go to our Facebook page on Monday morning, which is Solid Steps Radio. Just type that in and uh, we will have that posted for your listening pleasure. We want to thank Dan for coming in and uh, we're going to have a bonus segment. We're going to talk a little bit more about the principles and the walking through of getting unstuck. So uh, join us there on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Pass this along to a man who needs to hear it. 
uh, and you know someone and if you love someone and you really even like someone pass this on to them and maybe have coffee and lunch with them thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio we're there we step by day.